0: mm hey.
1: podcast that is Success Lives on Elevation. I am Kendra and Ramon, And as we have with our previous shows, we always start off with a powerful motivational quote. And the quote starts by saying, no one notices your tears. No one notices your sadness. No one notices your pain, but they all notice your mistakes. No one you messing up. Yeah, they can't acknowledge any of the tears sadness and pain but when they see you messing up everybody got something to say that's for sure yeah mistakes are public uh and hard work is private hard work is private yes absolutely (laughs) absolutely all right so we got a good show for y'all today Um, we will talk about assets and liabilities, basically good debt versus bad debt. Mm. Um, but we'll start off, uh, with some headlining news, what's going on in the market. What the hell is happening with GameStop? Like, I don't even understand.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, Yeah, GameStop is just, it was like, uh... It was like Robin Hood, you know, not not the app Robin Hood oh. story, you know. Okay, stealing from the rich, get to the poor. But there was some other stuff behind the scenes that you wouldn't be able, to you couldn't have seen just by looking. Mm-hmm. You had to do some reading and and, and look. So with GameStop, it this the stock went from like I believe it was fourteen dollars all the way to four hundred dollars. Actually, it hit almost five hundred, but they had cut it off. Mm-hmm. around 450 or, or something. They meaning... Uh, the SEC? Well, Robin Hood, who was controlled by that. The know, Robin they, Hood yeah, Act. Yeah. Okay. You know, SEC, they set their guidelines, you know, and all that stuff. So, so basically what was happening is I think it started off as like a joke mm-hmm. uh, in that whole uh, Wall Street bet, Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit forum. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just went up. Now, I don't know if... Average people could have ran that stock up that high. Uh, I think there was some other, there was some other people behind it, some other companies. Mm-hmm. You know, some hedge funds lost money, but I think other hedge funds made more money, mm-hmm. uh, and other people made money, like the uh, founder uh, Chewy, yeah, who owned like eleven percent of GameStop. You know, he he made like a billion dollars overnight. How uh, much? Like a billion, because he owned eleven percent of GameStop. Damn. I don't I can't remember how many shares that was equivalent to, but he made like a billion dollars. Mm. Um so for those who, you know, are in stock or, you know, kind of getting in stocks or you haven't been in stocks and you want to kind of know what happened. Basically it was called what they call a short squeeze. And it's basically uh, short selling. That's the other term. That's a, the the correct term in in uh, stocks. So basically what it is, is if a stock is going up and let's say I think the stock is going to go down, um, I can sell, I can basically purchase the right to sell that stock at a lower rate. So I don't actually own the stock. I don't have it. You don't have to own it. You basically are buying the right to sell it at a certain price. So a lot of hedge funds, what they do is they'll buy shares in a company and make money on it going up. Mm-hmm. But then they also want to hedge their bet. So if it goes down... They don't want, they want to make money they going down so then they can cut their losses and they'll basically break even that's how they make money so they'll buy a you know game site let's you know say for certain they'll buy it and they'll make money going up but let's say some news come out and it starts tanking normally they would just lose money mm-hmm. but if they hedge it and they they basically buy you know or sell shorts as the stock drops they make more money. Hmm. so what they were doing some of these hedge funds is they were uh, they were selling shorts they was banking on the stock to drop
0: mm-hmm.
2: well then what happened is <laughs>
1: <laughs> they got food that's what happened
2: <laughs> yeah you know something happened and that shot that stock like just kept rolling like it hit a hundred it hit 200 300 400 and then they were you know obviously they got the attention of everybody right you know even the federal government they like hey so For people who are in stocks, you kind of, you saw that Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity. um, I think most of the brokers, they basically stopped any trading on GameStop, uh, AMC, uh, Nokia, BlackBerry. Um, There was a list. Right now, I think there's like 50 stocks.
1: So wait a minute. All these are nostalgic stocks. Who in the hell is carrying a Blackberry?
2: Well, Blackberry, they're in the other stuff too. You know, they still, you know, the network. Oh, okay. and you got 5G coming out, you know, or yeah. is out. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why I like Nokia, Ericsson. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that stock, like, there was just so many people buying it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that made money. I liked it because. It kind of, it gave people a, a chance to make money. So in this kind of time, you know, where a lot of people lost their jobs or, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or unemployment, there was a story that one guy told you, you had had $1,000 mm-hmm. and he turned that into 47000
0: Yeah,
2: off That's of amazing. options from GameStop and AMC. And that wasn't uncommon. There was a lot of people who made a lot of money. but So the regular
1: man basically... If they're making money off of it they find some um, exceptions to the rule because it sounds to me it sounded a lot to me like this is what goes on on a daily basis anyway but because it wasn't hedge fund managers and um, you know uh, executives Um, and whomever you know regular people it was just regular people who decided to invest in the market um, and they all <laughs> were on one accord and um, said, hey, put your money here, put your money here, put your money here. Um, and when they did, you know, everybody was pretty much winning. And then the Security it. Exchange right. Commission was like, nah, we shutting this mess
2: down. Yep. Yeah, they came through like, uh, because in a in, in fine print, even like on Robin Hood, in, you know, nobody really reads it. But it does say there's any kind of uh, extreme volatility in stocks. Whether it's up or down, mm-hmm. they can't suspend that stop mm-hmm. legally. So a lot of people was getting real mad. They're like, "Oh, we should sue uh, Robin Hood and all that." And it's like, you won't win yeah. because they got that in their turn
1: They got not only do they have that in their terms. It's kind of like the David and Goliath thing. Mm-hmm. You want the you know you want the the little guy to win, mm-hmm. but in this case, the big guy is backed by so many corporations and government you know, who who will put their foot on your neck. Like, nah, this ain't son, this ain't happening. You about to get sunned. <laughs> you, <still.
2: laughs> you about to get sunned. Well, you know, I mean I, GameStop is, is it was way overvalued. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people who, who invest, you know that. I think it was close to being bankrupt. Um, you know, when I had bought some, you know, it was around eight, nine dollars a share. Uh, so, you know. I got out at a good amount, you know Because like, <laughs> hey, I know it's coming back down. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it would be smart to pull your money out because you know it's tanking. as of right now. I think I just looked five minutes ago. It was like $97. It's still dropping. You know what I'm saying? So Is that $90? It was around $97, $98 or something. And it's, it was still, well, the market closed now, but it was still dropping um, after hours. Wow. So, so, you know, it was way overvalued. But I think the reason why I liked it is because people got on one accord and was like, "Hey, it was like us versus them." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even though we all know it was overvalued, it wasn't worth that. But it had it was an opportunity for people who uh, maybe had just gotten to the stocks or you know never gotten a stock for a chance to get in there and make some money. You know turn five hundred into, you know, five thousand. It's at ninety two dollars now. So it it, well it ended at ninety two dollars at the close of Yeah, um, four thirty to start my But you still have after hours. Mm -hmm. So after hours people can still, you know, buy and sell extended hours. Um but still behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying, there was there's still there's things that we can't see. I think um I read somewhere where they were showing how back in April there were companies that were buying GameStop between like 8 and $14. Mm-hmm. They were just buying it. So it kind of makes it as if this was something that they knew was happening, was about to happen. So something was planned, you know what mm. I mean. So either way, you know, conspiracy. I don't know. Sounds you can, you like a
1: conspiracy it. to me. Could be, but
2: at the same time, I still like it because it was still a chance for people to make some money. Yeah, just to see. Just to see nice. Just to see the
1: underdog, yeah. the, yeah. You the you know, small get on guy, guy win. Regular man. people, and remember when we were driving down thirty-five, we was riding thirty dirty on thirty-five. Uh, <laughs> We saw people outside holding signs that yeah. said do not sell GameStop. GameStop yep. This is not about profit. This is about mm-hmm.
2: making a statement. And, that, and that's the thing. that I think, I mean, everybody was in there trying to get money. Right. But at the same time, I think people who didn't realize it it was yes you were out you were actually making a statement too Mm -hmm. because there's people that's like there's people you know the the money uh, maker people because there's hedge funds they do this all the time right they manipulate the market all the time right and like i said people like warren buffett and bill gates ray dalio these are people who can manipulate the market by themselves they are multi-billionaires you know what i mean like you know like i said when warren buffett says hey he warren buffett just sold 10 million shares of delta that's front page news. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks at that. That stock going to start dropping now. You know well, what I'm saying?
1: I think the intention is when he does that, the difference in the mindset of, let's say, the SEC mm-hmm. is he's just, you know, someone at Berkshire Hathaway is saying, okay, he sold some shares no, of this yeah, stock. No, no and they, yeah. they know people will follow. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. he's
1: not himself coming out saying that.
2: If we put like this, if – if what just happened happens a few more times, they're going to do things, they're going to try to implement some rules in, mm-hmm. in hopes of stopping the American people from from investing a certain way mm-hmm. versus um, saying people like one, but people who own that many shares that you can actually manipulate the market like that, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be allowed to buy and sell like that, right? There should be some more restrictions on you because you have more money to manipulate the market. Everybody had to get on one accord with this with this GameStop, and if it wasn't for the internet, Wall Street bets, you know, and, and Elon Musk tweeting some about you GameStop, you know what I mean? yeah, like he's was a, a troublemaker. For, he just like kicking shit up. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, he ain't got no, you know what I'm saying, he's a billionaire, but if it wasn't for things like that, this, you know, what I mean, and this happened back. People don't know this happened back in uh 2008 with Volkswagen, the the short squeeze. So it just <laughs> it's certain stocks that I don't think. The average people were the ones who were able to really manipulate and make that GameStop go up like that. Mm-hmm. It helped. But I think it was something that was behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And just like now, I just read uh, Jeff Bezos is stepping down as CEO. What? At Amazon.
1: Who was going to be? Is that because of his divorce? No. Oh, okay. So this no. was actually a business yeah. suit. This wasn't a personal I issue? I mean, we don't
2: know exactly why he did it. Just, it was It's kind of weird how it just came out. Um, you just made all this money from COVID, right? Yeah. And your earnings report just came out, and you beat it by like seven dollars or something. That's <laughs> he beat his
1: earnings report by what?
2: They their their estimated earnings was I think like seven dollars and uh, I think ninety cent, and they but it came out like fourteen dollars and seventy cent or something like that. So that's like a fifty percent, you know what I mean? Oh I, my god! That that's a hundred percent. Like you just <laughs> you blew your earnings out the water. Man. And so it went on. He's a billionaire several times over. I mean, he shouldn't ever, nobody, the next five, six, ten generations in his family should never have to work. I mean, but it's just kind of. That's
1: what we're trying
2: to create here, uh, y'all. But see, that's the difference between rich and wealthy. You know what I'm saying? So what he has and what he's built um, with Amazon, you know, like I said, we was talking, and it was so funny just how. I remember amazon is being a place where you buy books yeah you know, for you school in college you in school you you like oh man amazon probably got that book for cheap and then for some reason you know out of nowhere like amazon selling everything and that stock this you know so uh man you got to switch your mindset from you know trying to get rich to being wealthy absolutely
1: all right so we talked about the stock market so let's kind of get into the housing market lighten it up a little bit um The top 10 metro areas for first-time home buyers with their median home values. So this is a top 10 list, obviously, um, (laughs) of cities people are purchasing homes in. I mean, how are they finding these (laughs) homes? Because there's nothing on the market anywhere. This is amazing. People are really holding on to the properties or the houses, homes that they have, um, it's um, I, I don't it's know. Tight. It yeah, it's tight. tight right? It's it's really you'd be pressed to find many.
2: Um, and if you own property, this is like when it. you're gonna start getting a lot of those calls and uh, letters. Letters, people trying to buy. I mean, we mm-hmm. get them all the time, but uh, you know, people really trying to buy because it's it's not a lot out here. No. Um, no, it's not. Well, there's there's something out here, though. That's the thing. You
1: yeah, got to be very clever about how um, you approach, you know, homeowners, certain homeowners or property owners or investors, whatever. Um, you know, if you're trying to buy, you have to be very creative. So you get with your real estate agent or broker um, and find a creative way to buy that home or property that you want. Um, but anyways, the top ten metro areas for first-time home buyers. We'll start with number ten is Daytona Beach, Florida. Why in the Sam hell people want to live Daytona. in Florida?
2: I mean, it's, you still got the water, you know, it's the ocean. Shoot. Hey, Daytona Beach is pretty cool. Yeah, it's all right, I guess. I mean, it's one of the best places out of uh, Florida, <laughs>
1: other than uh, Disney, Tallahassee
2: or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I like
2: Orlando, though. I do like Orlando, Orlando is cool. Orlando, I mean, it's inland, but city. it's cool. Yeah, I ain't been to Miami yet, but I like Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Fort Lauderdale was cool. All right. It's all right. All right. What's number nine?
1: All right. Number nine is Palm Bay. That's Melbourne, uh, Florida. Uh-huh.
0: Uh,
1: Eight is Columbia, South Carolina, which is nice. That's a pretty area. Uh-huh. Ogden, Utah. I mean, the film festival is there. I can't think of any other reason, or if you want to go skiing, any other reason why you would want to live there. I don't know there's certain people that like that. Mm-hmm. And they're the most expensive on this list, so their average home value is around $255,000. Um, there's Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah, I'm cool on that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, mm-hmm. Boise City, Idaho.
2: I forgot there's a Boise City and a Boise. What's the difference? I don't know. I mean, other but, than the name, obviously. It's kind of weird, but yeah. Boise, yeah. Lakeland,
1: Florida. Um, Cape Coral. So, Fort Myers, Fort Myers Florida. Yep. And then the least expensive is McAllen, Texas, which is outside of Dallas, I believe. I don't even know. Yeah, I think McAllen is outside of Dallas. It's at $87,000. The average home value. The average home. That's value. crazy. That that's is cheap. super. That's cheap. That's cheap as hell. And from this list, it's one of the most populated
2: <laughs> cities. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. It is, damn, oh, other uh, than
1: Greenville, Greenville was the oh, most populated, but cheap. McAllen was number two. It's I guess the, it would be. It's
2: the fourth. I'm sorry. No, it's the uh one two. It's the second uh, most populated. Yeah, it's the second team. most
1: populated from this yeah. list.
2: That's crazy.
1: Uh, Greenville being the most populated. Um, mcallen being number two so that that that's hella crazy wow mm.
0: hmm.
1: amazing so mm. let's get into our show unless you have something to add
0: no
1: all right no. all right so the topic again today is good debt versus bad debt um why are we talk? why are we even talking about this topic i thought you know with the past podcast if you mm. haven't uh heard any of our podcasts please go to slow wealth on spotify <laughs> amazon music itunes uh what am i missing
2: all the podcasts all the
1: podcasts. podcasts pod being all that the main ones you
2: know what i'm saying the main ones Facebook all right first. but yeah so good dead bad that so the reason why like i really wanted to do this because i mean with covid you know a lot of people credit is probably messed up you know yeah uh, unfortunately and the know, eviction moratoriums and stuff like mor- that which yeah. i think they just uh i think they extended that
1: until march March thirty first. Yeah. So if it I'm still can get if I'm already in debt and behind, not me, thank God. Mm-hmm. But if someone is already behind on their rent, what the hell is another two months? Like what the f- is gonna happen? Is
2: you know what? It's kind of that's kind of a, a touchy subject because you have some people. I mean, you got to think they've given they got what from March. I'm sorry, from April. To the end of July, everybody got $600 extra a week, mm-hmm. plus the state unemployment. Right. And then they would have restarted back up September uh, for the extra 300 I think, a week. But it was only for like a month. It wasn't for very long. Okay. Well, then if you still got, you know, they extended the un- unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. So even if you ran out, mm-hmm. you got extended to the end of December. And then now they re-extended it again for another 13 weeks plus extra 300 dollars a month. So I, I guess I said to say that I think there's a lot of people who who fell behind their rent and they are getting some of this money and but there's also the foreclosure forbearance that you know a lot of homeowners can can uh, can use, but mm-hmm. there's some apartments that are not getting paid. There's some owners, landlords, they're like, We you getting this money, but you're not able to pay your rent. So right. it's it's one sided there's no there's no, uh, uh, no way of helping the, the landlord and on the other side they say, well tenants, you don't have to pay your rent. So it's it's you know theres people I, I know I'm sure that is really need that money. they really need help. they need they need a place to stay but I think there's some people who are, you know they're probably taking advantage of it. so but either way, you know when you talk about debt, a lot of people have debt, you know most Americans have debt, they have different types of debt. So it's really just about uh, explaining assets and
0: liability. Yeah, assets
2: and liabilities. Like some people really don't know the difference, and they don't know how to utilize both. Um, and then, like I said, everybody has debt, but they don't really know that there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Right. So, so but, let's explain what good debt is. Uh, well, let me let me say this first. Debt. I mean, let me explain what debt is first, yes. right? Because some people don't understand what debt is. Debt is based, this is this is dictionary term. Is an obligation of repayment from one party to another, uh, which is also a deferred payment or a series of payment. So once you take on, once you you know you take on something, and there's money that you need to pay uh, in response for getting that. That is called debt. So you get a car loan. For, you know, $200 a month, $10,000, that is debt. A student right? loan. Student loan. I mean, you know, a lot of people got student loans. I had student loan. I paid it off. Somebody didn't. Hey, and, I know, should be
1: Dr. Randolph up in this mode. Yeah, for sure,
2: for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, so, all right. So, good, we'll say bad debt. Obviously, we know, like I said, car loans, uh, student loans. If you got any payday loans, uh high interest credit cards, um and I'm gonna say mortgage, uh mortgage loans. A house. But as if it's on a house. And we'll explain why we say that. Um It's
1: not necessarily bad debt. It's I would just say it's I'm debt. A, I'm
2: saying we're gonna explain it's still debt. Okay. All these things we're talking about is still debt. Okay. But there is a difference between good and bad debt. All right. Um and the one key word when you talk about good debt is called leverage. So now when you talk about bad debt, uh, I'm sorry, good debt, there's the, uh, you know, it could be low interest credit cards, uh, mortgages, if it's on an income producing property, um, business loans, if you own business, right? Because you got income coming in from that business loan. And the same thing with business credit cards, if you're using that for a business to pay your expenses, but you also have income coming in, right? Um, so those are some examples of good debt. Okay. So, all right. How you want? How you want? How you want to tell these people?
1: All right, so let's get into it. <clears throat> Wait, well, I kind of cut you off. You were talking about why we are discussing this topic.
2: Okay, well, again, we're discussing it because I think a lot of people need to understand what debt is and how to use it. So just like credit cards, mm-hmm. there's some people who say, "Man, I'll never get a credit card. You shouldn't get credit cards." They the devil and all that crazy stuff, right? <laughs> but there's people who got credit cards like us, you know what I'm saying? But if you can utilize it the right way, it's it can be very beneficial for you, right? right. So um, debt is the same thing. If you utilize debt in a certain way, it can actually make you money, right? It can save you money and make you money. Yeah. Um, so I think people really know, really need to know the difference. So by the end of this podcast, y'all gonna understand what the difference is between good debt and bad debt and how to use it.
1: Okay, awesome. Um, how do you know if you're in debt? How does someone pinpoint, <laughs> look, I ain't got it, and they're going to pick up the phone when the co- bill collectors call and say, look, I told your ass when I get paid, you get paid. One way to
2: know <laughs> when you're in bad debt or you know, is when you see a good deal and you can't even mess with it. You know what I'm saying? You see you go to the store, you be like, oh man, that that's that uh that mix are usually three hundred, but they only sell it for a <laughs> hundred. You can't get it. You know what I'm saying? Good example. You, you can't even because eat mess we with went through that <laughs> through the holidays. <laughs> okay, keep you, going. You can't even mess with it. But you know what I'm saying, debt if you in if you live in paycheck to paycheck, you know what they say, uh Robin Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. If you you know, paycheck to paycheck is really one of the best examples of knowing that you in debt. Um, But also, you're looking at your credit report and you got some, you got balances on everything. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's probably the most you, know what I'm saying? Like, you in debt. You're getting
1: higher interest rates on car loans, um, mortgages, um, stuff like that. Any personal loans. um, Anything you owe that has a balance in debt. Predatory loans, a.k.a. payday loans. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, if you're in certain hoods, you know, they're on every corner. Yeah, and you know, at one point in time, I've used them. So I, uh, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. But uh, yeah, stay away from those. Those are bad debt. What are your suggestions
1: um, to help people get out of debt?
2: One of the first things you gotta do, other than cutting off your phone, changing <laughs> you your might number. have to do that. You know, what I'm saying they get to call you <laughs> like, "Hey, this Ramon, yeah, what's up? Hey, you know you owe us. This Fine not Ramon, t- <laughs> yeah. Ramon who? Who? <laughs> I'm like, man." But yeah, first one of the first things you got to do is you got to pull your credit report because you got to know what is on your credit. And once you have an idea of what's on your credit, then you can know how to attack it. So like, you know, when I was younger, I pulled my credit and I was like, oh shit, will I will out. So, right. you know, I had to look at it and you know, you got to like say, okay, I'm going to pay this off, right? But... I got to, I gotta, you know, I got to write it down. I got to look at it. Mm-hmm. I owe this person, you know. And sometimes you don't owe a lot. You don't have a, a lot of high balances. Right. You attack the, the little ones first, you know. But anyway, pull your credit. Know what's on there. Then you got to uh, actually check your finances and set out a budget, right? You know what I'm saying? If you only bring in 2000 a month, but you're spending 1000 okay, you're spending 50% of your income. And if you ain't got no other income coming in, you know, that's crazy. That's high, right? So, uh, you know, you need to make a budget, you know, however, whatever you pay, you know, your utilities, rent, mortgage, whatever budget, and you're going to have to cut out some stuff. It's going to take some sacrifice. Right. People understand when you talk about you trying to get out of debt, you're going to have to forget about taking them vacations, you know, going out to the club or whatever. Well, ain't nobody going to the club right now, I don't think. Unless you live in Atlanta. Oh, yes. Yeah. Why are you hating on are you putting a business on the city? I'm hey. just saying. If hey, hey if not be, I out, wish she could listen. be like, hey. Nah, <laughs> if you go out to play, like, hey, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? I understand. Nobody wanna stay in the house all day. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you gotta you gotta make that budget and make those sacrifices because to get anywhere worth, you know, being in life, you're gonna have to do some it's gonna have to take some sacrifices, you know, staying up late, getting up early. So you got no no trips, no vacations, no going out. No eating out all the time, you know. what I'm saying. Um,
1: I, w- I I I don't know if I would be. It depends on the person. If that person has no, they don't have the ability to be disciplined. I of would course say they no know you bad to a did. lot. If you ain't there, <laughs> you ain't got <laughs> but no wait discipline. a minute. Wait a minute. Some people could <laughs> say, you know what. I've been, you know, saving for this. I, I don't well, know why, why I you ain't would putting that. that savings
2: on your bills. <laughs> I
1: don't know. No, I'm trying to play devil's wow. advocate. you can't because on this you one. Gotta understand. Because you got to
2: understand
1: people want a realistic budget that will allow them to have some
2: flexibility you, in you, their life. But you got to have a realistic bank account and realistic <laughs> balances on your bills. Like I'm
1: trying to play you, devil's advocate because wow. I totally 100% agree with you. But you am not You gotta
2: look in the mirror. That's the thing. You can't. You can't be coy about. It. You gotta look in the mirror and be like, "Look, I done. I done messed up." Yeah. You, know, you gotta look at your credit. And be like, "It's a damn shame." Mm-hmm. Look at my debt. This is a damn shame. And some no people get. Why.
1: You know what? They get really ashamed and they'll no, look at. Ashamed. They don't want to acknowledge the debt or they're embarrassed about it. Do not be embarrassed about it because a lot of the people who make or made these billions have been in debt several times over before they actually made a um, strong profit as they have
2: today. But, again, they changed their mindset.
1: Absolutely. I'm agreeing so, with you. I'm just right? saying. I'm, I'm, saying, saying yeah, I'm just saying. They didn't
2: have discipline, right? If uh-huh. you had discipline and all that, you wouldn't have been in the situation you were in. Right. So that means that you were doing things wrong. Right. So if you were in debt, you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you ain't got at least 5000 in your bank account right now, you, you got to step your game up. You do. I mean, you can be like, "Oh man, I got two thousand. That's cool." No, be hey for real, five thousand. But you gotta
1: start somewhere. Put
2: it like this: if you ain't got at least six months worth of expenses in your bank account, you 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 about a, a, a breakdown of a car away from being broke. <laughs> of a good, you know what I'm saying? Your transmission go out. You are uh, you through? Mm-hmm. Like you have to look at it like that because, you know, I was in that situation before. You know what I mean? Like. My dad would tell me when I was young. He said, You need to keep at least five thousand in the bank. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, have a job or two. You know what I mean? And then you're gonna you're gonna see that when you have money, when you have a little savings, there's not a lot of emergencies that happens. Right? It's when you got only a hundred dollars. <laughs> like damn well, everything a flat tire. And just start smoking. <laughs> right. You know, then you get fired, like everything, everything happens. happens so you know and people don't you don't realize that I don't know what it is but it's like when you got money in the bank you don't have a lot of emergencies. it's the universe like
1: you said probably, yeah. like you said when you're disciplined and you're putting that energy out into the world y'all know I'm about energy but when you put that energy out into the world hey I want to increase my value my mm-hmm. financial value I want to bring something to the table you know, as a husband or a wife or a significant other, whatever, um, you're saying to the universe, "I'm ready for all this great stuff that you have for me."
2: Yeah, don't be trying to get no get no relationship, I and mean, you got debt too. <laughs> like, that's crazy, you know. <laughs> you can't be two people in a relationship with bad credit, right? I mean, you just can't. I mean, we did it. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, but you know what I'm saying. We well, our, mindset our mindset has changed when yeah, we got together, course.
1: where we were working. We were working together to get
2: our credit yeah. on, you I mean, know. It, it's my, your mindset got to change. You got to, you, know, you got to be diligent about it. You got to be serious. And, you know, I'm not saying that you just can't have no life. You can. There's certain little things you can do, you know, that don't cost money. Shoot, go outside. You know, ride a bike. Go around the trail. Track. You know, you do something, you know what I'm saying? But don't think that you have to spend money consistently knowing that you're in debt. Right. You're going out all the time, spending this money, and you're in debt. You're using credit cards to go kick it, and you paying minimum payments. High side. Hey, whatever you want to call it, you paying minimum payments on them credit cards, and your ass is not going to, you ain't going to make it. Your, your minimum payment is going to take you about five years to pay off $500. So, you know, uh, I'm just saying people got to be realistic about their current financial situations. And, you know, look in the mirror. It's just, all right. We all, you know, a lot of people have been in debt. Being in debt don't mean you're stupid. It don't mean your life is over. It just means you got to make some changes. And, you, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. So
1: my take on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you kind of gave some examples of debt. Um, just give some ex- some more examples of good debt. You gave examples of bad debt. So let's right. do
2: examples so good of good debt, number one is is, is, is mortgages. Mm-hmm. But that's on income producing properties, right? right? So like I said, with the when we say bad debt, mortgages is that is and if that's on a house, this is what I mean. When you have a uh and if you haven't read, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, read it, he explains it pretty good. If you have a house, look at all the expenses that it takes. To keep your house. You got mortgage. You got utilities. You got taxes. You got home insurance. You got mortgage insurance if you're using an FHA loan. Or, you know, if you just, uh, or, or a PMI, conventional. And then you got maintenance. And any repairs. You got all of these landscaping if you ain't cutting your grass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got all the expenses from the house that you or you and your family live in. And the only income that's coming into this house is from your job or anybody else that's working.
1: Yes, So
2: time if, that you're if, giving a company. If everybody in that house lost their job, how are you going to pay all those expenses? See, that's why, you know, he broke it down. A house is a liability. It's not an asset. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, we've all been told that, taught that, but it's until you really look at it that you see, okay, it's not. Now, it can become an asset if that house appreciates pretty damn good or you've had it for a lot of years or you inherited it. And it's so if paid you've off, earned equity. Yeah, if you have equity, a lot of equity in that house, then it can be an asset because then you can take that equity and go buy something else that's going to bring you income in, right? So when we say a uh, good debt mortgage, when it's on the income producing property, is if you had a four-unit building, which you know, you're going to have a, a mortgage on, and you live in one unit, And you got three other tenants in those other units. Everybody works, right? You work and all the three tenants work. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But let's say you lose your job. That's bad. Right. But you got three other tenants who's still working, still paying you rent, that's going to the mortgage. And depending on what the rents are, that might cover your mortgage. So you ain't in a terrible situation. You still got money coming in. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's the difference between a good mortgage and a bad mortgage. Um, and maybe that sounds better. You know, we say, you know, good mortgages and bad mortgages because, you know, one, you got a mortgage on and you ain't got no income coming in off of that unless you move out and rent it out. But if you and your family living in a house, the only income is you and your wife or girlfriend, whoever. Income producing property, not only do you have your income coming in, but if you lose your income, you also have tenants paying you. Um, now another uh, good debt be uh, low interest credit cards, right, um, or business credit cards. If you have a business, you're using those business credit cards to pay for expenses in the business. But the point of the business is to make money. This so, is
1: when I found out you pay more to be poor. Oh, you is really do credit cards um, because yeah. when before when we were dating and I was in significant
2: debt. Oh my God, bro! We we had so many arguments. <laughs> I knew I cussed you out a couple times. I was like, "This is the damn shit." What the hell, you? Oh my God! Yeah, but go ahead.
1: The interest rates on the credit cards and car loans were just out of this, out of this world. They were significantly high. I was paying more, mm. and I was poor. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, just it's like, wow. I don't understand how you could pay more and be
2: piss poor. That so you, yeah, you man, you hit it right on. I'm glad you said that because see, people don't be understanding that. And one way we get hit with the car and the high interest rates is when you ain't got no car. Cause you, if you on you taking a buzz or you walking, yeah. you like man, I need a car, right? So you is in a you in a vulnerable position.
1: Yeah, you're so desperate. if you go
2: to the the car lot. You ain't leaving until you get a car, right? And you and, and if I'm a salesman, I know that. Oh, I'm getting you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man, you see that little acro over there? Man, that thing is sweet. Well, how much my payment? Oh, man, you only going to pay 20% a month. But look, oh, 20%, you know, uh interest. You know, your payment going to be like 450, but you make, you know what I'm saying? You you make by what? It's 800 a check. So you still got <laughs> you still got 350 left, you know what I'm saying? But see, in your head, and you in that position where you like, man, I'm just thinking of driving and not walking or taking a bus. Right. I'm about to drive off the lot today with 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 with, the, with, <laughs> with a new whip. with with some worse debt, like mm-hmm. the worst debt. Because people, you know, we talk about a APR, that's annual percentage rate, right? So that's that's basically the amount of money that you're gonna pay on interest per year, and they convert that to a percentage rate, and that you times that by a hundred. So if you're paying ten percent. You are basically paying a thousand dollars a year on interest. See, your credit score is is like one of the most beneficial uh, things for you, um, for a lot of credit, but especially for a car, because if you ever see those commercials where they'll say, uh, you know, zero percent interest, you know, no money down, da da da. You gotta have a one. Well, no, well, yeah, to, in in a sense, but if you see the little uh writing on the bottom, it says with the seven forty credit score or higher. You see what I'm saying? Um, and then when you go to get, like, mortgages, people don't know. Your your mortgage interest rate can change if it's under 720. Once you hit 720, it can change. It can be, like, a half, three-fourths, uh, or, uh, 75, you know, a .75% uh, difference in your interest rate.
1: Is that upon, like, refinancing or while
2: you're in a loan? It can be both. What? Because I didn't know I had, that. Remember, I, um, uh, yeah, when we refinance. Uh, one time my 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 credit score was a seven nineteen,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I forgot the interest rate, and I was like, "Well, you told me that uh you know, you was offering this interest rate." She said, "Yeah, that's if you have a seven twenty or a higher." Uh-huh. and she told me she was like, "Yeah, but you're seven nineteen, bro." I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to drive to her office. Like, Are you serious? <laughs> one, you know what I'm saying? But, but well, it's not like that anymore. Thank God. No, it is.
1: No, 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 I'm talking about your credit score. Oh, yeah, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you, you, got you, got, you got situations where your credit score, man, it, it can hinder you or it can really help you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times if you have bad credit, like, you'll get these high interest rates on credit cards. And, and you know, same thing with credit cards. You know, you get happy to get a credit card and get $2,000 limit or something, but your interest rate is 24%, 24.99%. Mm-hmm. Now, credit cards is different. That APR is not going to hinder you as long as you pay your balance off. See, because that 24.99%, mm-hmm. they're basically saying you're paying that as a percentage rate on the on your balance for the year. So, if you keep like a $6,000 balance for the whole year, you're paying 24.99% interest rate on that uh, so that's for why, the year. Okay. Because okay. you have... The APR also, it, it converts to a, a, what they call a, a, a periodic a daily balance. Mm-hmm. So your interest, you know, it's it's calculation. When you do your interest, they may say, hey, you're paying basically $5.50 per day mm-hmm. on this balance. So instead of you paying it once in, at the end of the year, we're just going to charge you that on each day that you carry this balance. So you'll have a balance of $1,000, and then you get your bill, and you'll see that interest charge $60. Well, that was the average daily balance interest charge for you carrying that balance every day. Uh, which is one reason why I told you, wow, and I'm going to tell you guys, don't pay your credit card bill on the day that it's due. Pay it on the day that you're, pay it before your billing cycle ends.
1: And you can find that out by looking on your credit card statement.
2: When the reason why ends. your billing cycle Once your billing cycle ends, whatever your balance is, that's the amount that gets reported to the credit bureau. So if you owe $1,000 and your billing cycle ends on the 24th of every month, but your payment is not due until the 28th of every month. If the 24th comes and you still owe $1,000, they're going to send that to the credit bureaus. TransUnion, Equifax, Experian. The 28th comes, you paid $1,000 off. Well, the credit bureaus don't know that you paid it off because your your billing cycle ended already. So that's not going to reflect until the next bill cycle. So that's just a little, you know, a little nugget for y'all in case y'all didn't know. But um yeah, I mean, look, as far as good debt like I said again, mortgage, income property, um, you know, business credit card, business loans, anything with the business as long as you got income income coming in off that business. Um and then low interest credit cards even if they're your personal credit cards. um because sometimes you can use credit cards to invest in real estate. Right, you know, buy things you know that you, that's gonna bring you money in. That's the whole purpose of the good debt, bad debt. Um, like you said earlier, assets, liabilities. So.
1: All right, so we went over the good debt. Um, you talked about low interest on credit cards um, and how to generate income using your credit card. Um, Briefly discussed that, um, which is great. Um, is there any other? Good so, debt
2: that you wanna discuss? You say any good debt? I mean there and I won't say it's debt, but I mean when you talk about assets, um uh, it's not debt, but it can become debt, and that's like if you guys have a whole uh life insurance policy. A whole life insurance policy. So a whole life insurance policy um is different than a term life insurance policy because the term, you know, it's a term. So it's whatever twenty years, thirty years, whatever you you know you would like to have. Once that year comes up, you know your your policy ends unless you elect to extend it, mm-hmm. which is, you'll probably be paying a higher premium. But the whole life is, you know, your whole life. So and it is more expensive. Yeah, it is more expensive. Uh, but you earn cash value in the policy, so you know you may have a whole life policy for twenty years, and find out in twenty years that you you're able to take out you know fifty percent of that. In cash value. Um, you don't have to pay it back. It is, if you die, and whoever is your beneficiary, they'll get whatever amount, minus the amount that you took out. But some people take that out, and they go buy property, or buy, you know, something to make more income. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not really debt, but you know, in the asset category, that is another thing that people have, that they can do. Um, but as far as good debt, I know most people have credit cards, student loans, uh, you know, any other personal loans, like personal loans, that could be bad and good. Um, if you take out a personal loan to go to go take a trip, that's a liability. That's a liability. That and that ain't even smart. I'm gonna call you dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, that wow. ain't even smart. I'm a. Hey, you don't take out no personal loan to go take a trip.
1: Well, some people do.
2: And are they smart? <laughs> <So> <laughs> they might. They might I, think they are. I, hey, you no know, judgment. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, look, that, that's stupid. You know, but if you take that personal loan out, like to go start a business, like your own little side business, you know, or or to purchase a uh, real estate, see, that's smart. You know, what I'm saying because you're taking that money, you're trying to flip it, you're trying to use that money investing in something that's gonna bring you more money back. See. Some debt can be good and bad, but it's based on how you use it. And like I said earlier, that one key word is called leverage. So if I had $300,000 right now, cash on the table, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go buy a house for $300,000 and say, oh, man, it's paid off. That wouldn't be smart to me, right? Mm-hmm. What I would do is I would leverage that $300,000. I would get that $300,000 house or income property, right? And I would pay a down payment. Let's say the down payment is $100,000. I'll take that, and I might do that two more times. So I can end up with three properties for $300,000 versus one that's all paid off.
1: You know what's so crazy is just us talking to people um, since we've been on this uh, financial freedom journey. (laughs) It takes a lot for people to see the vision of being economically free and to have the mentality of, you got $5, let's try to make you 15 You know what I mean? Because people like, look, I got this $5, I need to hold on to this, you know, because I got to do this, that, and the third. And, and this is the thing that I love to hear. Y'all don't have kids, and it's like, but we have responsibilities. See... <laughs> and and I would think personally, mm. I would think that if we if we were people that have children, mm. this would be more of a reason for me to think like this. But I see them jays on your kids' feet, mm. and you're trying to tell me about uh economic stability. It's not like, personal. Who said this to you? Uh, you <laughs> know, I I don't like you know I you I you know I get some people. I'm like okay, yeah. but you just. But, mindset, but, yeah, you just bought some J's. Like, it's mindset. Like,
2: why? The thing is, you know, I've been where I ain't had no money. You know what I'm saying? I had a couple of dollars. Like, it doesn't matter your situation. It just matters your mindset and how you're going to get out of it. You know, because there's people who have kids that are very successful. There's people who, who lost out like, their whole family that's very successful. It's You know, it's people with no kids, like you said. But there, Everybody has something that they have to deal with in their life. Right, you can't use that as an excuse for you not to try to be successful. Exactly. Oh, well, you got you ain't got kids. Oh, well, you don't live over here. Oh, well, you don't work here. You, I didn't come out the womb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Working somewhere and owning something like no, like some people, some not some people are born into this world and don't have to work for nothing. I wouldn't like that. Let me tell you, like <laughs> I can go to I can go to not one person in the family, like, hey man, I was trying to buy this over here. You got a hundred thousand. like, what? They'd be like, what? A hundred thousand <laughs> what? You better you better go on somewhere. Listen, you high. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> you so high. nah, you, you can't I get it though, you know, because like I said, I, if we don't have kids, you know, the certain I I have to try to understand your situation. Like, all right, you know it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult because of all the responsibility of having a kid. But at the same time, you can't try to compare your situation to somebody else. Right. Just because you got kids and they don't, they might be taking care of some some other family. Mm-hmm. They might, you know what I mean? Like everybody got some kind of dependent. You know what I mean? So uh, it's, I don't really listen to those people. I, I just feel like, like you're either going to do it or you're not. They make you know? excuses. Yeah, you can't, can, yeah. yeah, stop making excuses. That's the thing. Don't make excuses. You know, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of excuses that we can use mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, what would it help? But It'd as still a parent, why situation. would you
1: want to leave your child the responsibility of your debt? You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
2: people, people that to me
1: that. is just
2: asinine. That's irresponsible. that's irresponsible. And that thing, that's the thing, too, is is generational. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we wasn't born with no money, no assets, right? Yeah. I didn't come in this world. And my parents said, hey, you know, we got this house over here for you when you turn 18 or whatever. You know what I mean? My parents didn't come in the world with that. You know, when their parents died, they didn't. So this is generations and generations of parents that is not leaving kids anything. Right. So you're, you're living in this world and you're dying and you're passing off debt in most cases. Right. You're not passing off no assets.
1: Why? And... and... <laughs> Uh, And I don't want to go too. I can't even talk right. But the thing is, is children now have to compete with the barren Trumps of the world. Okay. Because people that never had money Mm. are having money now, you know, (laughs) like, and with all this new wealth that people are acquiring, you have to prepare your children for economic freedom. It's not necessarily about just having the best. It's about living a comfortable life. I even saw somewhere where it said that a lot of black families Look forward to their kids moving out at eighteen. It was written, up.
2: but <laughs> like, yeah, get your ass out. <laughs> pretty much. And the
1: Indian guy was like, because he was married to a black woman. Uh, and the Indian guy was like, no, 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 we don't do that at, at home. No, he was don't. like, no, you stay in the house no. and you go to school and you do everything that you should be doing as mm. a young adult. Save your money. Don't pay us rent. Mm. You know, buy groceries. Just little thing like little things like that. But he was what the 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 point he was making. Is they don't kick their kids out until it's time to get married because once you go into that union of marriage, mm-hmm. you and your husband, hopefully, you have the same, you know, um, uh, demographic mm-hmm. or whatever. If you're in the same demographic. Y'all have the, that belief that we're coming into this marriage with something. Mm-hmm. Even if your parents aren't able to give you much, staying at home until you are. You know, you're dating and you're married and you get out and you don't have, you know, um, a lot of debt. You've pretty much paid your debt down while you were staying at your parents <laughs> and you come out of their home. You leave the nest with something, with the egg, with the nest egg. Basically, mm-hmm. you're leaving home with something. But see, and, uh black folks be like, you know what? <laughs> And two hundred and some days, you gonna be eighteen. Your ass gonna be graduated, <laughs> and you gonna I mean, be way, out hundred twenty two 222 days, five minutes. And, you know they be having it down to the moment. <laughs> they
2: be having a party when you get
1: because. right, because you know my mom did. I know my my mom bought me luggage, so that's how <laughs> that's how she wanted me to stay around. And I use that luggage to travel the world. Thank God.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know. It, that's good, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you want your kids to grow up, you know, you put them out the house, like, hey, look, you need to find your way, but the thing you have to ask yourself too before you put them out is, did you set them up for success? And that it's is not absolutely. always financial. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. not always financial. That, that's mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. because it's a cold world. And, you know, you have a lot of kids that leave the house that might have been sheltered and you see them a little bit later and they wow. You know they doing all kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and you like, well, hold up, you was, you know, straight A dude. You was in a chess club. You, you know what I'm saying? You was, now you uh, you down that Magic City. Like, I ain't knocking it, but at the same time, is you pushing your kids out the house because in your mind, I just finished an 18 year job. Right, I'm done now. I'm so done now, now. You go do your, you know, do what you. That's still your responsibility. That's I see, still, your I like kid. what
1: your dad says. He was like. uh cuz I I made a statement. I was like, "Well, you, most of your kids are grown." And he was like, "When I die, uh, I'll stop being a parent." <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so you're a parent literally until the day you die. You, but you a lot of kid, people man, in our community don't see it that way. You
2: put way, your kid in the house and they go, "Dad, I need you." What you going to be like, "Nah, you 18, you you good." Right. I can't help you. Like that's cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, "No, nah, you don't you know, I don't have kids, but at the same time, I know you don't ever stop being a parent. You're still teaching them. you you still learning as a parent. Right. You know, all the wisdom experience that you go through, you're still passing that down. But at the same time, you need to be passing down some assets. do Yeah, be dead. some tangibles. Leaving this world, leaving your kids with debt, that's crazy. That is. That's, that's crazy. Man, that is, that's insane. How How hard is it to, to buy a house? But, my,
1: my you know house. what's so funny, though? You think of the movie, uh, that movie, The Raising of the Sun. The whole movie was about financial freedom. Uh, okay, right? The family wanted to buy a house. However, they were able to acquire or purchase the house from the father's um, blood, sweat, and tears. Mm. And him having um, a life insurance policy that he was able to leave to his family so they would have a leg up to do whatever they wanted mm. to do with the money. Um so that that kind of, uh, that set a standard because something shifted during, you know, like the late 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, where parents were, you know, back then prior, I'd say, I, I don't know, but just using that movie as an example, they actually worked hard so they to pay for their kids to go to school mm. and worked hard. To save, you know, um, and make sure that their children didn't have any debt mm. when they passed away, and that they could have a leg up using that life insurance policy because they knew how hard it was for black kids to grow up with nothing, right? But mm. something happened, and now parents are like, "Man, my kids went to school; they gonna have to take out a um, a student loan," you know. Mm. And now you got all these black kids with, you know, all these degrees and tons of student loan debt because their parents and I'm not blaming the parents we get it this is generational so so somewhere it has to stop though yeah, because now the knowledge and the power is there um so you have to be vested in in the economic freedom of not only yourself but for your children because right now it seems like the you know the last couple of decades people are only vested in themselves and not their economic freedom for their lineage. Well, yeah, because um, people are living start. for
2: themselves. Like you said, you're living for yourself instead of living for your kids mm-hmm. and your kids' kids, right? Because you're leaving a legacy. When you go, you're leaving a legacy. And a legacy is not just your name, but it is part, you know, your name. Mm-hmm. You want people to know when they see your kid, you die, and they see your kid, and they say, oh, that's that's a so-and-so. You want respect to be put on that name, you right? Know? Like, oh, that your dad was, you know, yeah, your mom was. Absolutely, you want that, right? But then you also, you know, what I'm saying you leaving a legacy. You know, you want some assets. You you want your kids to be set up. You know, and like you said, it has to stop. Like, it it doesn't do any of us any good to to blame our parents or our grandparents or great grandparents or all that, right? Because everybody had a struggle. Every, everybody had things they were going through, right? right. And I think a lot of that. Um, you know like you said that change in the 50s, 60s, right you had a lot of stuff that was going on that people was just trying to make sure their kids lived to be 18 mm-hmm. right so I think they felt like that was the accomplishment instead of hey you know we got life insurance policy so you ain't got to be out here trying to put out a GoFundMe Ooh. um you know you Preach. got you, you got you got property you got stocks I mean think about like our parents right our our parents generation think about the stocks they could have bought like the Googles and IBM, you know, Microsoft, way back. They get just about a hundred of them, you know, when they was a couple dollars a share. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Come on now. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You, that's the thing. Like, you don't have to, like, leave your kids millions. You know what I'm you saying? Know. That'd be nice. That would be nice. But you need to leave them something. You need to leave them enough to where they can bury you and not have to come out their own pocket.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Any of the bills that you have can be paid off. So if you don't get to pay it off, your insurance policies are going to pay it off, right? Or your assets, right? And you need to leave them something to have them set up. You know what I'm saying? That, and that's the thing that we're living our life for our life instead of for our kids, or our kids' kids. You know what I mean? So, uh, we, yeah, like you said, that got to change. It really does. It, it, it's, it To me,
1: it's almost sickening. Um, you know, just like, like I said, you know, watching movies from back then. And it's not just black people. It's pretty much, you know, Everyone, yeah, most American million. citizens, you know, that think like that and their kids have to go in significant debt just to, you know, just to become a lawyer or a doctor, or engineer, you know, whatever. Um, it's it's really sad and it's almost daunting because here you are trying to make a, a standard, um, you know, an ability. I'll say that you're, you're trying to have a, a better ability than what you were raised in and <laughs> you get out of school you graduate they give you what 30 days and you get this letter in the mail that says yeah congratulations you owe this you can pay this over so many years and the interest is this and this and this and you're like god
2: you hey. know with that i do want to say real quick with student loans because you know i know for some of y'all it's too late ain't yeah, already took it out but for some people who haven't and, and you're planning on going to school remember don't take more student loans out than what your future salary will pay yes per year per right year. so if you trying to go be a uh, you know an investment uh banker I guess or whatever and let's say it'll pay you eighty thousand a year your student loan shouldn't be more than that mm-hmm. see because what happened is we're gonna in these 6 figure <laughs> damn student loan and you <laughs> your job paying forty thousand a year that's you know and and don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not saying you're dumb for that because you know everybody gets falling in that trap because it's kind of that thing that's engraved into us as kids about going to college. Right. But it's not even taught to us the correct way. You know what I mean? All right, if you're gonna go to college. Don't be don't be getting these 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 you know degrees these, that you can't use. You can't don't you know say what I mean specific degree. I don't know what they call that. Were you a librarian or something like? That. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't knocking them but. You know that ain't going to pay much. Right. You know what I'm saying? so, or teacher, like, there's something, your your student loan should be that much. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm just saying that you got to be smart about the choices that you make when you're trying to put yourself in debt. Or make
1: sure your children do so well in school that they don't need to go out and get a student loan. They can get a, a scholarship.
2: Or if you do that, make sure they got a job after they get out of school, and that's working for the business that you created. Amen or a 503 yeah, yeah. where you say yeah.
1: I mean you know you got to think we you know I, our I ain't that big on they on,
2: work I'm not as big on college uh per se you know um unless you're going for a specialized field doctor doctor lawyer, lawyer engineer you know, things like, like that. that where yeah you need that education you feel yeah. me um but other things I'm eh, for much that they charge to go to school I'm like no I'm big I'm more big on like you said the trades, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Electricians and the plumbers Like, they make good They can set know. their
1: own price. That's how valuable they are.
2: When you when you specialize in the trade, it's so crazy, man, the money you can make. 'Cause you can you can go into business for yourself. I mean and, and you can make money. And we know that there's many electricians and plumbers that we uh done paid. Shoot, I should be one myself. So, uh, you know, hey. I'm all for you know uh, college, but it just has to be in a uh, like I said specialized field for me. But yeah, don't go out and get these six figure uh, student loans, and you you ain't even making enough to pay them back. Now you got to keep them in uh, the and forbearance and all that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. <laughs> you better hope Biden uh, past that uh, whatever that is he talking about passing to uh, to do away with your student loans. But oh, shit, man, uh-huh. yeah, we better hope. All right,
1: let's let's talk about how good debt can help with bad debt. You briefly touched on it, but let's mm-hmm. go more into like um
2: I'll give a good example of good okay. debt helping bad debt. Right. All right. So everybody wants a new car. Shit, hell, I want a new car. My car's still running though. See, I'm sacrificing, right? It's still running. I But your sure car is newer. I, yeah, that's about no well, my car eight, nine years old. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Like Two thousand thirteen. But look. And it don't look the best. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? I can get a new car, but at the same time, it's still running. i make sure I keep up on it. And right? it's Both paid cars, off. And it's paid off. You feel me? It's been paid off. When you pay it's your car off. off, you you don't you ain't really in a hurry to go out there and make another payment. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm cool. But, this is the thing.
1: But, it's crazy because it seems like, remember when our mentor said, I can go out and buy a Bentley? Sure. And he wasn't lying. No, he Trust wasn't me, lying. Dude, This wasn't just... Yeah, he wasn't, talking.
2: Talking.
1: <laughs> and he wasn't just talking. He wasn't just talking. He didn't go out and buy a Bentley, but he chose
2: to drive. They, had, he was a, they had like an old, uh, was that a Toyota? I think it was a Toyota. No, yeah, it was a Lexus. No, 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 the van.
1: Oh, the van, yeah.
2: he had like an old van and they had the Lexus. Um, I think it was kind of newer. But like she said, you know, he said he said man, I can go out and buy a Bentley tomorrow if I want to. Mm-hmm. Um and I knew that to be true because he was putting his daughter through uh, law school. Yeah, at um, a very 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 expensive school. Yes, yeah, Ivy League school and he was paying out of pocket. So mm-hmm. um like I said, everybody wants a new car, right? Now most people or a lot of people, you go out and get a new car and a lot of times you in an apartment. Um that's kind of Putting the car before the horse, right? <laughs> I mean, but we all did it, you know. Yeah, what I'm saying was, I feel like I was, I was stupid for making that, you know, that decision. But we can look
1: back and laugh. Yeah, yeah, you, at, you had at to mistakes that we made. But was, at least, mm-hmm.
2: at least we're still
1: young, and we didn't figure that shit out at you know 60, 70, living in an apartment, and we got a That's brand too late, car. too late.
2: Look, I oh, mean, it's never too late to learn. Colonel Sanders didn't didn't blow up to <laughs> <60s> sixty. <upside. laughs> but what I'm saying
1: is. The, what I'm saying is, is as we know, uh-huh. wisdom does not come with age. Oh, it comes sure, with yeah. knowledge. Because yeah. there is some old fools.
2: It comes with knowledge and experience.
1: Yes, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but we're still young enough that we know that the mistakes that we made in our youth, uh-huh. we would not do now. We absolutely would not. No, do no, now. yeah,
2: definitely. If I knew this 20 years ago, oh my God, yeah. I mean, but anyway, we're telling y'all because we know now. Mm-hmm. So let's say you want a new car. To me, the best way to get that new car is not to just go out and go to that lot and pay two, $3,000 down or whatever and get that car. The best thing to do is go buy you a, a property, right? An asset-producing or income-producing property, whether that's a duplex, triplex, fourplex, right? You buy it with enough equity, Whether that means that you may have to fix it up a little bit or whatever, you put some tenants in it, get the rents up to the market rent, right? And you know, you might have to wait, let's say, let's say a year, but let's say now you got good equity in that property. You got enough equity. They say, hey, you can pull $30,000 out of this property. Now I wouldn't go pull that (laughs) $30,000 and go spend a whole, but let's just say you wanted to. Let's say you like, look like, man, I seen that. Dealer. Unless that car is something that, that was gonna make me some money. Well, I'm just saying, if you're gonna buy a liability, this would be the way to do it, right? Oh, okay. So it's I see. this 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 is that premise, right? So let's say you got enough equity in your house. I mean, not your house, sorry, but uh income producing property. Mm-hmm. So a duplex, triplex, four unit. And let's say you got enough equity that you can pull, let's say, thirty thousand dollars out of that property. And let's say you see a new, uh what was that, the C-class bins or something? they kind of cheap. Let's say you see a new C-class bins. You're like, bro, I want to go buy that. I want to pay cash in my hand, right? Uh-huh. So you go to the bank. You go through a little process doing a cash-out refi. Um, or you can do a home equity line of credit, which I wouldn't do, or a home equity loan. But let's say you do a cash-out refinance. You refinance your property. You pull the $30,000 out. You go to that car lot. You say, "Hey, I want that Benz." They're like, "All right, well, what's your credit score?" You like, "It don't matter. I'm paying cash. <laughs> <laughs> don't even worry about it. you ain't this about to rub my credit."
1: You use your assets to, to pay, pay for your
2: liability. This, this is what I'm explaining. I'm using how to use your asset to pay for your liability, right? So now you go to the car lot. You tell them, "Hey, I want that. I want that car cash, and I'm gonna negotiate too. Cause if I'm paying cash, I ain't paying that full price." So you, you know, whatever it is you pay, you get that car, you drive off the lot, you bring it home. Now you got a car that's paid off, you don't owe no payments, and you still got your property. Now that $30,000 that you took out, it goes into a new loan on your mortgage. But instead of you paying $30,000 on that car, and let's say your interest rate was 10% probably, Mm -hmm. right over six years, five years. You now paying that $30,000, it went back into your property over 30 years at 3 4% interest rate, whatever your interest is on your mortgage, right? Especially now. Especially it's like now. It's super cheap. So you're talking about you probably would have been paying $600 a month on that car if you had it financed at 10%. But now you're paying it in your mortgage over 30 Thirty years for three or four percent, your mortgage probably only went up what? ten dollars, fifteen. No, it's probably not that. It's probably let's say a hundred bucks. Okay, that's... So you pay an extra hundred dollars a month, right? And you got you got your ride. you got a car that's paid off. Mm-hmm. You still got your property, and your mortgage only went up a hundred bucks. But guess what? You got tenants. Let's say you got three tenants. You can raise their rent thirty three dollars each for the whole year. <laughs> that ain't a whole lot of money.
0: That's not.
2: That ain't a whole lot of money. If you pay if they paying, let's say they're paying eight hundred dollars a month, you say, hey, when your release come up, I'm gonna bump your rent up thirty three dollars. They don't know why you doing, they just don't mm-hmm. okay the market, you know. Okay, thirty three dollars, I ain't about to move over that. Now everybody paying that extra hundred dollars that you just paid for your car and you ain't it ain't even coming out your pocket. See,
1: that's why I married you. You smile. I'm you just
2: smart. saying, this is what we learn, right? <laughs> That's how you make your assets pay for your liabilities. If you would have just went to that car line and said, hey, I got $30,000 or, you know, I ain't got $30,000, but I put two, dollars $3,000 down and had a, a 10% interest rate or higher, you'd have been paying on that for five, six mm-hmm. years, five, dollars $600 a month. Yeah. You put, you make your asset pay for that. So your, <laughs> your mortgage is going to a $100, but you're making your tenants pay for it. And your car, you got a brand new bin sitting out in front of your property is paid off. Right, bro. That that's cold. cold most of, Look, a lot of people when they see somebody in the bins, they don't think it's paid off. Mm. They're like, "Oh man, it's nice, man. How much you pay for that every month? Well, I, just, I don't pay nothing. Right. I got this baby cash. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I ain't paying nothing, and I got a property who my tenants is paying. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, but see, that's
1: the that's the other problem. People don't like to share that, like share how they do things Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um we're uh, thank god for jesus we're not the only people out here that's sharing how to gain economic wealth and how to use your assets to pay for your liabilities but you got to think about that a lot of people be like i don't don't want people all up in my business but sometimes if you speak to the right if you have the right audience and they're receptive to what you're saying um they will gain that knowledge and you know you're paying it forward
2: I, we'll give you an example real quick because we did do that we didn't buy a new car but we both had car loans we had credit card bills uh, we both had personal loans mm-hmm. uh, student loans uh, maybe a couple other things i can't but those right so what we did is we had extra equity in a property and we could have took that money and said all right let's go buy another property or Let's go buy some you know, new cars. Well, we did. Ranch. We actually did both. We, paid we did, but office it, office. it wasn't simultaneously, right? <laughs> it was just one time. So I was forward thinking, and I said, okay, look, we got debt. And if we're trying to further our real estate investing career, our debt has to be in line. Mm-hmm. We got all these car loans and all this debt. We got to get rid of it. So we refinanced, took money out of that property, I forgot how much it was. Paid both cars off. Paid both our personal loans off. pay all our credit card bills and my student loan. We ain't mess with her student loan. She did. <laughs> I
1: was like, yeah. Sh- yeah. I just out. We got to work on that later. You know what I'm saying? That's what we said.
2: But we we basically cleared outside of her student loan. We had no other debt. None. Zero. The only debt we had was on the property. That's good debt, right? So the money we took out and we paid all our liabilities off that that went back into the property and it uh increased our mortgage, I think like two, we went from uh no increased our mortgage like I think like four hundred dollars extra extra a month. Cause we went from like thirty-one to thirty-five. dollars mm-hmm. hundred dollars extra a month. We uh <laughs> we, we raised, raised, rent, we raised <laughs> the rent. We raised the rents on the tenants, you know, we was not like you know, we trying to be outrageous with well. it, don't get me wrong. Some of us was under rent anyway. But with market, we raise the rents. We got closer to market. We weren't over market, yeah. but we got closer we got close. to market. But we what we did by raising those rents, it's it paid the mortgage. And utilities. And the utilities. So we didn't <laughs> we paid all our debt off and we don't have no no mortgage to pay every month. Right. Or and utilities. remember we
1: had a little left over.
2: We had a little left over. Mm-hmm. So our utilities was getting covered. Our mortgage was getting covered, and we paid off all our debt. Yeah, and the tenants' utilities. Because remember, we paid. Yeah, everything was covered when we raised their rents after paying all our debt off.
1: It was it's amazing. So I mean, so
2: people don't understand. Like we could have paid all our debt off, but it might have took us some years, or or for us to dip in our savings and all of that. We use equity. Oh, money. yeah. That was the other
1: thing, too. We didn't have to touch our savings. We didn't have to
2: touch our savings. We used the equity in the building. We pulled that money out. We're like, oh, yeah, go and give us that. And now we're about to pay all this stuff off. And then now, your mortgage is $400 extra a month. Okay, cool. Hey, tenants, we're going up on your rent. You know what I'm saying? we still putting you in line. We we didn't make your rent sky high. It was still up under market rents where you should be paying. And we didn't even have to come out of pocket.
0: Yeah.
2: So, you know, I'm just t- trying to get you out of the game, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people don't tell you this, and we had to learn this. We was told this, and we was shown this, and we, we lived it. We we did it, okay. and we saw. Like, hey, we ain't had no debt. We had good debt. The only debt we had left was the mortgage. The mortgage helped us pay, or that property helped us pay all our debt off. Yeah. So, hey. Don't go out here to be getting liabilities, just be trying to, you know, try to floss. You know, mm-hmm. Some people go out here and they get new cars and you know, all the clothes, all this stuff, you know, and it's good, don't get me wrong. But if you ain't got no, no properties paying for that, you're doing it the wrong way.
1: And also, um, once our economic financial mindset changed, our surroundings changed. Uh-huh. So <laughs> the people who actually had money. We would go to meetings and stuff. They didn't look like they had literally. And I'm not saying that because I'm sure people have heard this a million times. Mm -hmm. But they didn't look like they had a dime in their pocket. And they would be some of the coolest people. And they had more money than everybody in the room that was, you know, trying to wear, you know, all the the name brands and stuff like that. It doesn't. I'm not saying that if you wear name brand clothes or if you have the best of the best. You're entitled to do whatever you want with your money. But the people that was actually making, the that had the bread, I mean, mm-hmm. they was just papered oh, know, up. For sure. <laughs> they look like they didn't have a pot to piss in.
2: Look, when you ain't got money, you're trying to convince everybody you have it. Right. When you have it, you don't have to convince nobody. Mm-hmm. See, and that, see, when you have money, there's a certain confidence that comes with it. You know what I'm saying? Where you just like... Yeah, I could dress up and do all that. You know, I don't I'll feel like doing I'm, that. I'm going to throw this t-shirt yeah, on Yeah, cause My husband,
1: y'all, he be going out looking crazy. Now, I ain't trying to say we got a bunch of money. I'm just saying. I know, man, I'm I ready. know. I ain't trying to say that. We must rock <laughs> all getting robbed and some shit. You stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you stupid. But we live in Texas, so we do practice our Second Amendment rights. But, um... Lord. <laughs> God. I'm saying I a you, <laughs> But, no, I mean, you know,
2: you you... You, no, like, I, I'm just comfortable with Yeah, I, you jogging know. pants all the time. Hey man, listen, I ain't got, no, I ain't got nothing to prove nobody. I That's know, it. I know. You know, but see, this is the thing though. When I want to dress up, I can do it. I know. See, there's people that, you know, like you said, we meet those people and and you know, our mentor like, you know. <laughs> he had holes. we he, was like, what the hell? This man didn't look like he had 20. <laughs> holes in like, his jogging pants and he like, come on, y'all. Like, no, nah, no. Nah. You know what I mean, but he wasn't like, Dirty, yeah, it was just his clothes, and it just I think it just came with a sense of him how, how he dressed wasn't a priority, right? It was more of am I taking care of my family? Mm-hmm. That was the number one. You feel me? Like, I'm taking care of my family, and i building a legacy, and I'm building something that I can leave my kids when I die, right? Uh, when you die, you know, are you gonna care about how, how good you look? Like, you know, what I'm saying? I don't even damn about that. Like, right. I want to make sure I'm leaving something for people when we go. So you know, it's not that I, I I don't I want to look dingy and I want to look dirty and all that stuff. It's just that I think a lot of people now they put too much emphasis on how they look as far as how they dress, and their bank account don't look like nothing. Right. You know, like the, the video we was, we seen the other day with a dude. I think he was a financial advisor where he was saying the people who come to him that don't have money coming and looking the best you know they come out the red bottoms with the women and these big spencer purses and the dudes and the suits and all this he said they come in his office and they look like they got he said man they look like they got millions mm-hmm. he said then i look at their portfolio or you know look at their finances and they got no assets he said but the people who <laughs> who came in looking kind of like they ain't had no money he said was wealthy he said, "I look." Another at lady
1: point. said that the lady who worked at American Express, yeah, or she he, had worked for American Express. And
2: these people who are financial advisors, that when you're going to get get advice on how to, you know, finagle your, your finances, they they're looking at everything you got, and they're like the people who look like they don't have money are the people who have it. They're the people who have it the most, and they're like, uh, you know, hey, I got assets all over the place, so you know, I'm just like, look. There's a certain comfortability, there's a certain confidence that comes when you're comfortable where you feel like, I I don't have to pretend. I know everybody, you know, heard that the fake it till you make it, but, you know, don't fake it too hard till you don't ever make it. So, you know, uh, it's good, you know, to dress nice and want to look nice. You know, I get all that. It's cool. But at least, you know, at least set yourself up that you you can dress nice whenever you want. You know, like, we want to go do whatever we want to go do. You know, we can go do it. But some things we choose not to because some stuff is pointless. Like, why would I go out and, you know, buy a new car, or go buy some expensive Gucci Louis Vuitton clothes just so people can be like, oh, man, that's Louis? Like, I don't, like, I don't care about him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, unless my son was named Louis. Like, I don't care about him. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about them clothes. Like, I, I, I just care about, you know, having assets. And that's what I think that, you know, um we we're starting to lose, you know, is is that mindset of, of of gaining getting acquiring assets, not these liabilities. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nice. You go out there and get that new Chrysler 300 c with the with the twenty twos on and all that, you know, that's that, it's clean. But bro, if you ain't if you ain't got at least five thousand in your bank or just six months worth of expenses, you you're gonna be looking crazy you know lootly. Uh, so hey I, I, hope, I hope y'all you know y'all heard what we said and, and you know we gave y'all a good little tip like everybody wants to have their life of freedom you know the nicest you know nice cars and all that stuff you know I like to travel you know and hopefully COVID don't mess that up for the rest of my life <laughs> okay. but um, you know I like to have the freedom to travel. So if I can have the freedom to travel when I want, I'm good. I'm good. So, all right, let's wrap this up. Yes, ma'am. So hopefully, you know, we ain't talking out here though. But you know, we just wanna, we got to tell people. You have to tell people. We get people that talk. You know, call us, email us, all that stuff. You know and ask questions and I don't like to leave information out I want you to get all the information um, and I don't want to sugarcoat it right Uh, so hopefully you know we didn't get you out of the game today well in conclusion to everything
1: keep your credit card um, debt to a minimum don't use more than
2: 10% well they say 30% right Uh 30% is cool 10% is excellent and real quick, yeah, I'm going to just throw that real quick. Sorry, real quick. Just real quick. That's all right. When we talk about uh, your credit and uh, you hear things about credit utilization, um, credit utilization is per account. So you may say, "Hey, I got $5,000 worth of credit. As long as I don't spend more than 30% of that, I'm good. That's wrong. It's per credit card. So... If you got a credit card with $1,000 on it, as far as the credit limit, you shouldn't go over $300 of that. Excellent, you don't spend over $100. So it's per credit card. So 30%, like I said, that's kind of what lenders are They're looking at. As long as you can go over 30%, they're like, all right, cool, your credit score, it'll go up a little bit. But if you keep your uh, utilization under 10%, your credit score is going to jump. And so, just, just look at all your credit cards. Whatever your credit card limit is on each credit card, try not to go over 10% of that. But yeah, go ahead, Sorry about that.
1: No worries. Don't take out more student loans.
2: Hell no, you're about to be a <laughs> scientist.
1: And again, more than the salary that you plan on, intend on making. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you budget, save, and invest.
2: Man, if y'all ain't learned to invest and you ain't investing yet, bro, you is tripping. Set tripping. Yeah, you is tripping. It's so easy to invest now, too.
1: Just download an app and put $20 on it. Just- right, every paycheck or every week or however you decide to do it.
2: Yeah, Man, come on now. Acorns and Robinhood, all these places. Man, yeah. Webull. Get, your money, trade has get your money up. Get your money up and get your debt down.
1: Yeah. Uh where the money reside where the, where the money, money reside,
2: reside. <laughs> that <dude was> funny. <laughs> all right y'all you got anything else to add no hey that's it hey just be on the lookout we got a lot of things coming y'all yes we wear, do
1: wearing, like, yes we do now we yeah. have the youtube channel so that should be coming soon
2: yeah it ain't gonna be you know by the time y'all hear this it might not be uploaded yet but, you right. know we're still trying to work all that out but it's it's, it's definitely coming real, right real soon so
1: and we thank y'all so much for being loyal listeners and taking time mm. out of your wonderful, blessed days to listen to the Slow Wealth Podcast. That is Success Lives on Elevation. Are you your <laughs> All right. And just to close it out, no one notices your tears. No one notices your sadness. No one notices your pain. But they all notice your mistakes. Hey,
2: but you know what mistakes is what molds you hey all bosses take a loss yes so hey, all right you ain't gonna learn nothing here if you we go gonna with the cliches <laughs> i'm just saying look mistakes
1: you gotta make mistakes absolutely well i am kendra and ramon and we are slow wealth again that success po- uh, success lives on elevation <laughs> please subscribe leave comments love us aka like us we are on facebook and that's at slow wealth um you can listen to us on google play apple Podcasts which is itunes um, spotify amazon music podbeat any of the podcast outlets
2: yeah and we're on there all
1: right well we love y'all again thank you so much we are truly humbled you have a blessed day